This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon, how are you? Larry, what's going on, my friend? So let me just say this, Gordon. Yeah. To get, I need to get this off my chest. Okay. Just give me a second. I am so sick and tired of watching every single foul call argued in the NBA. I'm just done. I'm just, I'm so done. I don't, there's always a discussion. You would think nobody ever touched anybody in the league. It is so, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, Gordon. People knock people down and like, I didn't touch him. He, 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 I didn't do it. I'm just, I'm, because of the last, last 24 hours, I think I've been glued to my TV mm-hmm. with the playing last night. Yeah. Okay, the Lakers, Lakers game. Come back. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> Anthony Davis is so lucky. <laughs> so lucky, so lucky. All right, and then and the games tonight, and and I'm just I, everybody's arguing, everybody's arguing. Gordon, if, if I you couldn't pay me, unless it was an exorbitant amount of money, to be an official in an NBA in the NBA, you couldn't. I'd be sick and I'd be throwing people out left and right. Well, Shut this, up, yeah, get out of here. It's the playoffs, Larry, and, and really, it's not oh. even the playoffs yet. It's the play-in, and you're already fed up. I'm done. And, and this is the time where the stars shine, where the stars get a special whistle sometimes, and oh. um, I think a lot of people think that they're stars. I mean, everybody's crying. It's oh, I'm just, I'm just done. I'm sorry, I had to get that off my chest. I, I can't say I blame you. I just had to. I'm just just one of those things. Just as so, long as they call it right on Saturday. Yeah, exactly, exactly. When I may be arguing <laughs> about some calls, very good that chance, may come a up, very good chance <laughs> that may come up. So let me pay off the tease. This is a history-making edition of ESPN New York tonight, and I'll explain why. Thank you, Harvey. With the Islanders win tonight, that means the Pittsburgh Penguins streak of 16 straight playoff appearances, which was the longest active run, Gordon, in the NFL, MLB, NBA, and NHL, done. Wow, the Over. Penguins are not in the playoffs, huh? Done. This Done. is uh, this is the first I'm hearing of it. Sid the kid, <laughs> <gotta> be honest. <laughs> Sid the kid, watching like the rest of wow, us. Wow, that's right? a, that's surprising. Yeah, Harvey's Devils, Rangers, and Islanders all going to the playoffs in the same season for the first time since 2007, uh-huh. and the fourth time since the Devils moved to Jersey in '82, '83. They did it in '90, '94, 2007, and 2023. More Ready? Yeah. First time since 94, Knicks, Nets, Islanders, Rangers, and Devils all made the postseason. Same year. First time mm-hmm. since 94. Now, this one, it, this is huge, but I feel kind of sad in a way. Okay? First time ever, Gordon, Yankees, Mets, Rangers, Islanders, Devils, Knicks, Nets, and Giants all made the postseason inside a 12-month span. It feels like you're leaving someone out. Um, you said that the Mets, Yankees, you got, right? Yeah. You had the Knicks, you had the Nets. Yes. You had the Devils, the Islanders, and the Ra- this but there's and one the missing. And, and the Giants, right? Yes. You had the Giants in there, too. Yes, I did. Oh, that's right, the Jets. The Jets yeah. are still. Yeah. But they're going to get Aaron Rodgers at some point. Even the Jets can't screw it up? Even the Jets cannot screw this up, Larry. Okay. There's no chance. This is a 0.0, like um, Mr. Blutowski's grade point average from Animal House. That's the chances <laughs> that the Jets blow this. 0.0. Okay, if you say so. If you say so, Gordon. All right, we'll, we'll see. Of course, we'll talk a little bit about that because you know, now that we asked Connor, um, Rogers, Connor last Rogers last night, mm-hmm. that's why – NFL insider when he thought it would definitely be by the by the draft right because mm-hmm. Gordon asked him <laughs> the the ABC question yeah. I thought you could be on none of the above <laughs> <laughs> but and I he mean says think about by the draft yeah but think about how long this has been going on now going and on there's for- never been even a uh, a um, a realistic report. Of another team getting involved, another nope. team that's going to steal them away. There mm-hmm. hasn't been a report of Rodgers being upset that this is taking this long. No, nope. it's all going to happen. It just, uh, unfortunately, it's going to. Good things come to those who wait, and unfortunately for Jet fans, you're going to have to wait. Because we mentioned it, here's what Shefty had to say. Now Shefty was on Sports Center today, 
And here's what Shefty had to say about the Rogers deal, that it's not even close. Not a lot has changed in the last couple of weeks. I don't know if there's been much, if any, conversation between the two teams about bringing in Aaron Rodgers' trade closer to fruition. And so we continue to wait with the NFL draft now just over two weeks away, waiting to bear down on all of us to see if the Green Bay Packers or the New York Jets will budge by the time the draft comes. But I think there are people in Green Bay and in New York who are not inclined to move at all right Right now, and the standoff continues, and the showdown is on, and neither side seems willing to give in. And so, this is a showdown that threatens to go into and maybe even past the NFL draft. Shefty sounds as angry as I did answering questions in Charlotte about when Aaron Rodgers was coming to the Jets. He sounds angry. He's angry yeah. that he can't break the story. That's what it is. It's a Probably. frustration because he, he he has all the stories going. He knows all when it comes to the NFL. He, he is the all. guy. He's he the is guy. the guy for sure. And, he can't uh, get, and it does can't feel an like we we've kind of gone round and round and round. And you know these things generally don't get done without a deadline. There's mm-hmm. there's no reason for the Jets to cave right now. They don't need Aaron Rodgers right now. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason for the Packers to cave right now because the draft is still a few weeks away. And, and who knows? Maybe they, maybe they view it as, you know, we'll take a pick, a higher pick next year, right? Mm-hmm. You yes. won't give us the number one this year, but maybe we'll take the number one next year. Yep. So there's no reason for them to cave. There's no need for Rodgers to be here right now. So we will just have to wait. Meanwhile, the Giants may have an issue. Listen to what our Chris Canty had to say to Greeny earlier today about Saquon Barkley. If the Giants aren't going to get close to meeting what he believes his value is, then if you're Saquon, you got to try to keep as many hits off your body as you possibly can before you go into the regular season. I don't think it does him any good to sit out the entirety of the year like Le'Veon Bell did, but I do think Saquon could take it, you know, right up to the you know the end of training camp and before the beginning of the regular season. All right, now, of course, word came out from Shefty that Saquon's not playing to sign the franchise tag clearly before Monday when the Giants have some offseason workouts starting. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's kind of screwed this up on his own or who's ever advising him because he had that chance to sign a deal during the regular season last year, passed on it. That was the best deal. That was the best offer he got. And it's probably going to be the best offer he gets. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. Absolutely. Here's what uh, here's what John Mara had to say about Barkley about a month or so ago. We want him to be a Giant for his entire career, if that's possible. We'd love to have him. Um, you know, he, he again provides uh, leadership. He's a great player. Uh, we'd like to get something done with him at some point. The running market, running back market, is what it is right now. I'm still hopeful that at some point we'll be able to come to an agreement. And this is what Saquon said. Just after the season, Gordon, about uh, being a giant. I don't know. I, I, I just nothing. But somehow I have to you know, sit back and, and think on. I really haven't had time to think on that. I can't envision that being my last time in the Giants uniform. But all that stuff's out of my control. That's a conversation that. That's why I have you, you have an agent, man. I have an unbelievable agent. So sometimes we sit down with her and sit down with my family and see what's up. You know, there's a whole lot of rules and stuff that can happen throughout this whole process. So. Just go back, take a little time off, um, enjoy time with my family, and see what happens. All right. So also remember, Gordon, uh, Dexter Lawrence apparently won't mm-hmm. report for voluntary workouts because he's looking for a new contract. So uh, Giants have a couple of issues that they have to take care of. Yeah. Uh, that's the one of the, the good things about having a good year is guys mm-hmm. are, are looking to get paid, right? So uh, for Saquon, uh, he's he's got the – He's got the tag that he's going to play on. And uh, unfortunately for him, you know, $10 million kind of puts you in the range. I know it's only for one year. It kind of puts you in the range of a top 10 running back. It does. Um, He had his chance to get a long-term deal. Didn't get it. He's been hurt a lot. I can understand why the Giants want to kind of hold off on paying him any more than they have to. And uh, I think it's going to be the type. Now, he has to do what's best for him. And if that means yeah. sitting out training camp, if that means sitting out until the regular season, so be it. It's very hard to get paid as a running back, unfortunately. It is. And as far as Dexter Lawrence is concerned, 
the the salary, the price tag for D Lyman has Ooh. skyrocketed. Yes, he <laughs> so. see now he's in a great. He can sit back and wait uh, yes. and and just smile, almost <laughs> like the quarterbacks can yeah. sit back and oh, there's another deal done. Ooh, that's uh, that's good for me, and this is good for me, and that's good for me. So yeah, yeah the price tag there has uh, skyrocketed, and 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 the Giants. Uh, they were able to have this great year, but a lot of their star players, they weren't paying. No. This is one of the things that's now going to make it more difficult. Daniel Jones is making $40 million a mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to start paying these guys. And that that crunch, I mean, we went, went, we went through it during the season. Remember, we had like four free agents. I said, Larry, if I lined up these giant free agents for you to sign, which one would you sign first? Which one? And, and you could argue over the top three, but it was clear who was fourth. And unfortunately <laughs> yeah. for Saquon, he's fourth. Yeah, that's right. It's unfortunate, like he said. And oh, by the way, Leonard Williams is a big is a big uh, salary due this year uh, against the hard hit against the cap. They have to mm-hmm. try to negotiate that or release him. And I don't know how if they release him, what that hit is like. So, you know, like you said, you had a nice year, but now it comes time to pay some folks, which is something the Jets are going to have to face too, Gordon. Shortly, Absolutely. they've got some guys that they got to pay as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, that's and coming. that is. And that is one of the issues of that Aaron Rodgers contract. When they trade for him, they're trading for that contract as well. Now, maybe they can, they can rework it over time. If he's here for a longer period of time, that makes it somewhat easier. But, yeah, that, that's going to be a, a real um, humdinger of a contract to try and, uh, and work out when you're trying to sign a bunch of young guys. Because, again, Jets right now aren't paying anybody. Everybody's new. <laughs> everybody's, right. everybody's two years in, basically. <laughs> Yeah, this is the this is the time you have to get things. This is why you have to win, right? This is the other reason why, Gordon, you got to win because you have to pay some folks. Quinn Williams is is at the beginning of the line, but the line forms after him. Yeah, and and the Jets were the, the Jets kind of had it in a good way because if you do it right and you draft a quarterback in the in the the top spots of the draft, you're not really paying that guy for the first five years. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the Jets drafted one. They're not paying him all that much, but he's not playing at all. And now yeah. they have to go out and get one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive, quarterback. So, yeah, they got some they got some work to do. They sure do. This is ESPN New York Tonight. DeMar DeRozan's daughter is going to get uh, offers to do screams in horror movies. Oh, she was the one that was screaming? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, that was his daughter, and they missed 19 free throws. <laughs> Can the she Knicks sign her time. up by Saturday? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm only half joking. I mean, that, I mean, what else has an impact? I did I heard it, but I wasn't uh, completely focused on the game. You know, I was checking yeah. in back and forth, yeah. and I, der- I certainly heard the scream. How could you not? I, th- I think I heard it even after I changed the channel. But I did not know that that was her. That's yes. uh, that's a talent. Oh, she's gonna get. She's gonna get. I'm telling you, somebody's gonna call her. To do it should be the movies. Knicks. <laughs> like right now, right? Let's go Absolutely, sign her up. There's no salary cap for that. <laughs> nope, not at all. Not at all. She would be the superstar we're bringing to the Knicks. No question about it. And right on time. Right on time. And right on time. Gordon, this was a good day for both local baseball teams. I want you to take me through. We'll start with the Yankees. I want you to take me through that first inning because. <laughs> It's it, it's a weird scenario mm-hmm. because the umpires made the right call, yeah, but they didn't do it the right way. They didn't follow the rules, yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. When I was watching it, the on, on the first view, and I'm not making this up. When he made that first uh, play, Hicks, I thought that he had trapped it. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was clear that he had uh, had trapped the ball. But um, when they went to, com- you know, they, they're, they're, they're going to commercial, they're going, I'm, and I'm looking and I'm watching, I'm saying, go to commercial, go to commercial, go to commercial. And then when they went to commercial, I was like, oh, great. Uh, I guess, I guess it's, and, and it didn't come back from commercial to, 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 to show you anything. Mm-hmm. They had the normal commercial break. Um, so when they came back and nobody's on the field, I'm saying, well, wait, you only have a certain – and I didn't know it was 15 seconds. I didn't know you had to do – I didn't know what the process was that you have to show right away that we're thinking about it, and then, yes, we want it. But it's clear that I don't know what the umpires were doing. They were completely out of their lane. 
by allowing the Guardians to challenge that play well after the time had come and gone. Well, see, Gordon, I don't know that that they actually ever challenged it. I saw one where there was an angle of um, Francona, Mm -hmm. like putting his finger up. Mm -hmm. But that's just saying, wait a second. Yes. And they had an angle of the umpire, the home plate umpire. I'm assuming it's his call. He's looking at Mm -hmm. the dugout. He's looking at the dugout. Everybody comes off the field. Right. It's almost like they were, uh, I, I no other way to put it, they were like kind of helping the Guardians out. And I think the umpires were impacted by what was the reaction in the crowd. We didn't get to see it on TV, but Michael was doing the game, obviously, and said that the crowd had a huge reaction to seeing the replay. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like the, the, the umpires, I guess, I, I guess, forgot their place or, or forgot what the rules are. Mm-hmm. And decided to um, decided to, to to challenge it for them. Yeah. Now and we're that not going to. That could have been a huge. That could have. It looked like it was going to be a huge play in the game. And I, you know me, I'm not a huge fan of Aaron Boone, but I know he was legitimately. He was he was in his right to be ticked off. And and if it were me, what I would do if I were him, and he did it a bunch, I would have just made the game take forever. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, you're so about these rules to make sure the games are quick and the games are fast. Uh, he kept coming back out, came going back in, came back out, went back in, came back out. I would have just stood there the entire time. I would, mm-hmm. I would not handle. I would not have handled that well. All right. So let's hear from Aaron Boone. No, this is not answers with Aaron. Let's hear. You know from what? Aaron I, Boone. I I was listening to the K show today in the car, and they uh-huh. went to that clip, and I had to quickly change the channel <laughs> because I didn't want to hear the answers with Aaron. All right. Well, I we're not going to use these. Yeah. Good job out of you. Good job out of you. So here's what Aaron Boone had to say. First of all, he was asked, what did the umpires tell you about the review? Just that they conferred, and then after they confer, then they go to them for the challenge. I, I just think it completely bailed them out. I disagree still. I just think it was, you know, we've been told all winter and all spring that we got to be up and ready. I knew they missed the timing play, but I also knew they missed that. So we weren't challenging the play because I didn't want them to have the ability to go look at the play. It gets thrown up on the scoreboard. Obviously, I'm not saying they looked at the scoreboard, but obviously you could feel the emotion in the building. Then it's them, like, getting together to get it right and then going to Cleveland I think in a, in the end bailing them out and I obviously took exception to it and you know they got the play right but there's no way and no way that the environment did not create in my opinion the the end result all right now Gordon let's hear from Terry Francona on the first inning replay yeah, that was a weird, weird play. You know, I'm looking at Quan Tagging, and I have some anxiety that he left early, and then I have some more anxiety that he didn't score. So I'm fighting. Do I even want it? You know, I mean, I, did, I didn't even look at the playing center. So by the time it gets to that point, I hadn't challenged. Now, when they challenge, it, it, it's my understanding that it does open it up where you can. So that's what happened. But they were challenging? The play at home. They thought that he hadn't scored, and I wasn't sure. All right. Let's go back so, to Aaron Boone. So hold yeah, on to okay. Boone. Yeah, this is like uh, who done it here. <laughs> right? So Aaron Boone was asked, did you ask Major League Baseball for an explanation of the challenge? Answers with Aaron. Yeah, I've had a couple conversations already with the league about it. And, you know, they said the mechanics of it on a play like that where they circle up. I understand. I I understand that part of it. There are going to be those select plays where you circle up. That one was a, if you were boots on the ground, everyone knows what happened. They didn't challenge. They weren't ready to challenge. The umpires, I feel like on the emotion of the crowd, got together sorted it out, and then gave that opportunity, which, in my opinion, was was wrong. Gordon, go. Well, Francona says that the Yankees challenged, but they didn't right. challenge. They didn't challenge. Exactly. It's, this is not really all that complex. The, the umpires blew it. Yep. They, they, they did not follow what the rules are, and you can't, you can't switch it up mid-game and, and say, well, you know, we're, we're just going to change it this one time. And it wasn't even close. It wasn't like – well, it's not like a five-second call to get the ball inbound, right? Sometimes those five-second calls take a little while. Mm-hmm. Or it's not even like uh, the play clock in the NFL. Well, it was at zero, but we give them an extra beat. This was minutes later. <laughs> they completely blew this. And uh, the fact that one of the umpires got hit in the head with the ball, I feel like that's God sees. God sees all. He's, he's writing things for the Yankees. So a win for the good guys. Um, 
hopefully the umpire's not hurt too bad. But right, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean the umpire's completely screwed it up. Gordon, it seems to me when the crowd reacted, one of yep. them looked at the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Clearly, of report, course. And that's when they decided to circle together. And then to add to injury, Cleveland puts on the scoreboard that it's being challenged. They have a sign. The play is being challenged. The play was never challenged. No. No, they completely screwed that up. And look, I understand the umpires looking at the scoreboard to see whether or not they got it right or wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. But you can't you can't be putting your thumb on the scale for one side or the other. Nope. Yeah, they that was it. that was a terrible job. They blew it. Yeah, they blew it. There's no question about it. And it's hysterical to me that they're throwing Boone out when he's a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably what he said about being a hundred percent right. <laughs> I, it felt like they even had a quick hook where they're like, "Well, we're not going to deal with this anymore." Wait a second, you just you, you you guys completely screwed it up. Yeah, they did, and and not just one guy screwed it up. They got together and screwed it up as a group. Yeah, very odd, very odd. But look, the Yankees got the win today. That's the main thing. Uh, Clay Holmes, woo, that was uh, that was Clay Holmes from last year, and and. It's going to take a while for him to really settle in before you feel like he is, he's got that job locked up because there, there's times where he just cannot find the strike zone. At all. At all. And this was a good day for the Yankee bullpen. I thought Marinaccio was a little wild. He, he mm-hmm. needed 32 pitches to get through that one inning, and that puts more pressure on other guys in the bullpen. But I thought Michael King uh, really looked like Michael King from last year. Peralta, who doesn't, he doesn't do it with the bells and whistles. He's not throwing 105, but, man, that guy's been an absolute stud since he's gotten here. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the ninth inning, and it really felt like things were, were going to go uh, sideways there with Clay Holmes, but he is able to get out of it and uh, lock up a win. So, look, the, the, the Rays never lose. And they didn't tonight. And they didn't tonight, but eight and f- you can't complain about taking two of three every series so far. So eight no. and four to start the year, I would have signed for that. Uh, I think that we will chase down. You know, the Rays have not exactly played murderer's row of teams so far, so hopefully nope. at some point they will lose, mm-hmm. and the Yankees can, uh, can make up some ground over the uh, course of the season. Yeah, they're due. They're due to lose a game. <laughs> you would think. Well, they're not going to go 162-0. and I know that. And and they might be. Uh, I gotta find out what their number is. Um, in, in terms of their pitching, their pitching has been absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. They have. They're twelve and zero. They've allowed twenty seven runs, Larry. Ridiculous. In twelve games, they've allowed twenty seven runs. So basically, a little over two runs a game. Even I can do that math. Mm-hmm. I tell you, you know what they do. I t- keep telling you. They manufacture those pitches under the under the stadium. It's unbelievable. They're six seven, six eight, six nine, right? They throw a hundred miles an hour and a curve that drops off the table, and that's how and that's what they do, and that and, and that's why they're so good, and they keep games close, so they don't have to score a bunch of runs because their pitching keeps 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 up. But, what, but they have runs. they've they've scored the most runs in baseball by far. They've scored yeah. ninety two runs so far. Not that they have to. Not that they have to. They've given but, up. Know, they've they've scored the most, and they've allowed the fewest. That's a good formula. That's, that's why you're 10-0. 12-0. <laughs> right. That's right. why you're 12-0. That works. Exactly. That's how you do it. Uh, we'll talk about the Mets in a second, but Gordon, I, I was perusing a little baseball during mm-hmm. uh, during a, you know when I thought when I thought Chicago was going to lose but before they came back. They're down 19. I'm like, oh, let me see what's going on with the baseball. And I'm perusing around, and I'm looking at, uh, you know, I'm watching uh, – Nancy LaGreca's team, the Giants, mm-hmm. against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Giants lineup. I, I think I'm at City Field. F- uh, Wilbur Flores is batting second. Yeah, Michael Conforto. Conforto's batting third. Right. Uh, Johnson, um, uh, J.D. Davis is hitting uh, fourth, and Ruff was the D.H. There you go. <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of former Mets there, right? Where, where am I? I? I don't know that that's necessarily a winning formula. Um, oh, five and six going into the game. I'd say no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they, they they might be in for a rough season. Uh, they, they hopefully they didn't strike out as much today as they struck out in the off season trying to sign free agents. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a that was a rough off season. It wasn't good. That's for sure. It wasn't good. This is ESPN New York tonight.
So, Gordon, I will say this. Lindor and Alonzo are trying to play their role in this Mets offense. Mm-hmm. And they have been hot of late. Uh, Alonzo, with his sixth home run today, leads the majors. Yeah. Lindor hit a home run again today. So they're doing their best. Mm-hmm. And obviously, here's what we know. They're not going to do this every game. <laughs> That's why I know I'm beating a dead horse. I know I keep saying it over and over again, and people are sick of hearing me say it. That's why at the trade deadline, relief pitcher – for added depth, because the way they're using David Robert, they're using David Robertson like he's twenty years old. So uh, added yeah. depth, bullpen, another serious power bat. Those are A and B right now, the priority, and they need to still be looking and lining that up, and you know whatever they need to do because that's that's what they're going to need. How long do you think Escobar gets here? If he doesn't snap out of it by the time this road trip is over, is yeah. Beatty up? Might be. Might be. Could be. So he's got another week and a half here I to, would say. To, to show something moving in the right direction. I would say. He, he's, he's not really showing you <laughs> anything moving anywhere. No, he's not moving anywhere. And once again, it also depends on what, you know, Batty's injury is in the mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is he able, is he recovered enough? You know, is, is he, will he be able to, you know, handle major league pitching with that compromised thumb, you know, because I'm because Francisco Alvarez last night in a key moment, he was swinging. Ooh, it was. Yeah. Every, people behind the home plate got a very good breeze because he was swinging and the ball was up in his eyes and he was swinging. And that, it, you know what it goes to show you, Gordon? It's a real difference between the minors and the majors. It's a real difference. Real difference. It, that was a that was a chance for him to have a kind of a, a real moment there too. Um, I think at this point you kind of have to get him. He's your top prospect. You got to get yeah. him in games. You got to give him, yeah. and it can't be once once here and once there. And it's got to be pretty regularly. Uh, now I you know I don't know if that means that Tommy Pham has has got to play the outfield more or maybe less time for Canna. I I don't know how you you juggle it all because I know you don't want to put him behind the plate too too often with a veteran pitching staff and his issues throwing out runners, but if he's your – you got you to gotta get him in the lineup at some point. Yeah. Doesn't, it does nobody any good. Doesn't do him any good. Doesn't do you any good if he's just sitting on the bench, if this is your top prospect. You're right. There's no question about it. And, uh, I mean, you know, let's face it, Gordon, uh, Vogelbach's not exactly banging the ball around. No. Which nope. is why Fam was the DH today. Mm-hmm. So perhaps you know maybe you could s- slide him in a couple of DH spots to give him to give him some playing time. Well, look, you're, you're seven and six, and I think as a team you're hitting like two fifteen. So um, that to me is a sign that yes, there are issues with the offense, and you will have to address them when the time becomes. It's not right now. It's not going to be for a, probably a month or so before trades really start happening. Mm-hmm. But I think that the team is going to hit better than that, even as currently const- uh, currently constructed. I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. And we're already two games behind Atlanta. <laughs> well, see, you you almost can't even look at Atlanta because no matter where Atlanta is, you're not going to feel comfortable. They could be no. ten games in front, and you'd be thinking, "Oh, we're ten games behind." They could be ten games behind you, like they were last year, and you're yeah. not going to feel comfortable. So, I would say as much as possible, get them out of your head. Focus on you. And you'll see where things stand when you get to May 1st, maybe. Yeah. Easier said than done, Gordon. Easier they're, said they're, than they're, done, they're I'm like, sure. They're, yep. they're, like a, they're like a shadow. <laughs> they're always around. They are always around. But I will say this, another another very good outing for Tyler McGill. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. Did a nice job. Good job as a starter. And and once again, David Robinson has been everything you could ask, Gordon. He, he got four out safe today, four out mm-hmm. hold. A hold, um, yeah. And, and Adovino came in. You mm-hmm. know, he, he, he's a little shaky, but he you know, today he was pretty good. Did a nice yeah, job but, today. Well, look, McGill had some moments last year, it felt like. Yeah, at the beginning he, of the season. Yeah. He was really good. And and he gave up the two runs early today, and you're thinking, oh, boy, you know, this is the last swing we need. But he settled down from that point. 
uh, held, kept you in the game, kept you going until the offense got going, and the offense got going pretty quickly. Second, third inning, got a couple of runs there, and mm-hmm. eventually were able to take the lead. So that's a, that, look, that's a good series win. I mean, the yes, Padres, absolutely. I don't really believe in the Padres of winning the World Series, but they're clearly a good team. They're a good mm-hmm. hitting team. Yep. Uh, so you were able to take two or three against them at home. That's you, you take that and now you go out into the West Coast. Yeah, head to the West Coast uh, weekend series in uh, Oakland. And then um, got some Dodgers action next week. Right. And you get the Giants when you're out there as well. Yes. So West Coast trip early. So, uh, you know, that, that's that's when I'll really be able to appreciate the pitch clock, Gordon. Because yeah, those late West games. Coast games. Yeah, oh, sure. So now you're really, we'll really be, I will really be able to gauge how fast these games are going because of the 940 start in Oakland. I mean, if, if, Gordon, they could be done before we leave the air at midnight. Absolutely. Oh, I'd almost expect it. <laughs> I almost know. expect it. And you know what? It's nice when the, the, the afternoon games, because sometimes you got stuff to do yeah. when you do the yep. show in the afternoon. That's when you usually get stuff done. Mm-hmm. But if you do have to get stuff done, you can you can watch the replay and you get to yes. that's even done but by the time we take the airways. Exactly. It's true. It's, it's nice. true. It is. It's great. It's really great. It's really great. So uh, Major League Baseball, you did something right. That's good. You did that. That's good. That's a good thing. This is ESPN New York tonight. Talk to the folks on the phones right now. Let's begin with Nathan in Jersey. Nathan, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Larry. Hey, Gordon. How are you doing? How you been? What's going on? Hey, so uh, speaking of Brett Beatty, uh, we, uh, we got to cover uh, the Rail Riders today in, uh, in, uh, in Scranton, and uh, they played Syracuse uh, for a six-game homestand, and uh, we got to cover Brett Beatty tonight, and uh, he looked pretty good. He uh, struck out and walked. Uh, but Ronnie Mar- Mariucho, the other Mets prospect, he had a two-run single. So uh, the Mets fans should be excited for Ronnie. And then uh, Brett Beatty still developing, but he's getting there um, closer and closer. But uh, And also for the Yankee side, the Yankee fans should be excited for um, some, uh, some this kid named Andre Chaparro. He's been killing it with four home runs uh, this season so far with the with Scranton. So uh, Yankees and uh, Mets fans should be excited for the young prospects that are coming up pretty soon. So. That sounds good, Nathan. Thanks for checking in with that information. And, and Gordon, uh, listen, that that's great news because that's money you save about <laughs> getting free agents if those guys can come up and you know and get their potential and be as as productive and consistently productive at the next level. It's always great when you can you know farm your own guys and bring them mm-hmm. up to the majors and mm-hmm. they're successful. It's, it saves you a ton of money on other people's projects. Yeah, with the Yankees, it's. Uh, I think most Yankee fans like we like to get excited about the names. Like uh-huh. we were excited about Volpe, we're excited about Dominguez. The track record, the record of 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 hitting on these prospects is not exactly the best. So, I would always say, don't get too excited until they get up here and actually do something. Yeah, I understand that. I hear you. Uh, are you a Frenchie fan yet? Look, anything that gets me away from some of the other people uh, that I don't want to see in the lineup, yeah, I mean, how could you not be? It feels like uh, the Yankees have found something here maybe a little bit. Now, it's probably not going to be Mm long-lasting. It might only be a month or so, but while there's a bunch of guys out in the lineup, he has been productive. There's no question about that, so... Who knows? Maybe, maybe all of a sudden now it's going to click for him. So, and, yeah. and maybe he's this year's uh, Matt Carpenter. Could be. And he's much younger. <laughs> he is. <laughs> much younger than Matt. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. He joins us next on 98.7. What's up, fellas? Trey, what's going on? I, you know, originally I had I, I called to, to finish my beef because I like listened to um, Gordon, you know, talk about what you were talking last week about Luka Doncic and everything like that. And I think you got what I was saying wrong, G. Okay. I'm not saying that he's a great that he's not a great player because he is. And I'm not saying just because, you know, that game that Obi and them had against the Pacers at the end of the season. I'm not I'm not I'm not talking about that. G you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about that thing that we haven't had in this city for a long time, that chemistry. You know what I'm saying? And a little bit of a cohesive thing that we can and I know that those players that 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 y'all named in the trade. Those guys can. Be, those are just guys. I I get it to 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 the layman, I guess. But but I, I'm looking deeper than just you know basketball. It's like I just don't think that Luca coming here. 
I don't think it'll work, man. I, that's just me. That's just my opinion. It don't. My opinion don't mean nothing. That's just my opinion. But I only will talk about that. We will talk about that closer until we get to this game. But the Yankees, that kid Frenchie, yo, his swing is so easy. He's not even hitting the ball with a lot of. It does, does it look like it? It doesn't look like it's a lot of effort there. That kid is stupid strong. He is stupid strong. Well, he's had a bunch of opportunities. I mean, he's been around, uh, and he's not he's not that old. I think he's 28 right now, so um, he's, he's, I, I like he's the had way some we opportunities. Him as, uh, yeah, I like the way we acquired him, too, because he was in Baltimore at the beginning mm-hmm. at, um, yep. during spring training. I don't know how they cut a player that had, like, he was slugging pretty good, man. He had, like, four home runs, he had, like, four home runs in spring training. I ain't, man, I don't know, man, but we'll take him. We'll take him. And that, and that last caller was right. The Mets got some young bats out there, man. That kid Beatty gonna be a player. Everybody's gonna hear man, it just it just gotta get out. We gotta get out of April. The no pennant is won and lost in April. Now, Tampa Bay, that's a whole nother animal right there, man. <laughs> like the Yankees gonna be playing for second place this year, boy. Them boys are rolling. And they can pitch and they can hit. And they get timely hits. And they get yeah, they they doing it right down there, man. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a real tough task on our hands with them dealing with Tampa Bay this year. Like any well, other look, year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the Rays are always good. They always figure out a way yep. to do more with less. Uh, you know, I'd like to see them play somebody really good. Uh, but, th- you know, they, they're, they're going to be heard uh, from. Thanks, Trey. I mean, you know, uh, you, you know that the Yankees are going to have to compete against the Rays. For all the talk about the Blue Jays, I think most Yankee fans thought going into the season the, the competition is going to come from Tampa because they always, uh-huh. they always are, are able to put it together. They're always able to figure it out. And for all the criticisms that we have about analytics, analytics this, analytics that – I don't get the sense down there they're complaining about analytics. I think that no. they're probably fully on board. Now, with Cordero, Franchi Cordero, he's been around for a while. He's, he's, he was in San Diego. He had a season with the, the Royals where he had a little cup of coffee. He was in Boston. In his career, he is a um, he slugs under 400. Mm-hmm. In seven seasons, he slugged under 400. In seven seasons, he has a batting average, which is not really his thing, but a batting average of 223 and an on-base of 292. So it's been Ooh. great what he's done. I just wouldn't start printing the tickets for the bobblehead in six years, you know? <laughs> but I'll, I'll take him right now, ride him Absolutely. while he's hot. Absolutely. No question about it. Now, Tampa's in Toronto this weekend. Off, off day tomorrow. Okay, there you go. It's They'll a little be in Toronto step up. this weekend. So, right. And they start with uh, Berrios, Rasmussen against Berrios this weekend. So mm-hmm. on Friday night, that, that, that could be, you know. Yeah, the Rays have played uh, the A's. They played uh, the Nationals. They played uh, who else have they played? They played somebody else. I can't think of who. Again, mm-hmm. again, it has not been uh, exactly murderer's row of uh, American League contenders. And I'm not saying that the Yankees have either, but I'm just right. saying that their schedule was very favorable. Oh, the Red Sox. Red Sox mm-hmm. are terrible too. So yeah. Something the Red Sox have been bad a couple of seasons now. It feels like there's been a paradigm shift up there yeah. where they're just not they're not trying to compete and they're not they're not terrible. It's not like they've torn it down and and they're gonna you know almost like the Orioles plan. Well, let's tear tear it down for five years and be really mm-hmm. really bad, and then we'll have a ton of young. They haven't done that either. So yeah, very strange, Boston. It's crazy. It's like they haven't recovered from letting Mookie Betts go. Like it does they feel that, that way. Trade, yep, they absolutely. haven't recovered. It's yeah. Like, it's just not the same team. Not the same team. Richardson, Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Hey, fellas. Did you see the uh, Laker-Timberwolf uh, game last night? We did. Yes. Wow. LeBron is still great, boy, I'll tell you. Nobody, you know, he's doing, Michael Jordan wasn't doing this at his age. You know, his, 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 his sustained greatness and it's ironic. You know, we have three athletes that have been like this. Ovechkin, Brady, and now LeBron. These guys have never been. LeBron maybe his first year, after, after his first year. He's always been LeBron James. I mean, there's nobody. Bill Russell, even Kareem. His, now, Kareem was great his first day in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So there's ne- never, maybe with the possible exception of Magic. But there's never been an athlete. And of course, I didn't see Bill when he came in in fifty, in late fifties, uh, and Wilt, of course. But Bill, uh, uh, LeBron, outside of his first year, he's been LeBron James every game that he's played in the NBA. I mean, that's unbelievable. Ovechkin in hockey, and Brady after his first year. 
These guys have never let you know, never left anything on the table. It's going to be interesting to see if there is a drop off in with LeBron or Ovechkin, you know, before they retired. But uh, I just and I just want to see LeBron keep going, just yeah. to watch a guy his age doing what he's doing. And I'm not a big fan of the Lakers, but you know, I want to see him just keep going. You know, he played the most minutes out of everyone that played last night. He had to. <laughs> he, he had to. Right, that's true, Larry. But I mean, it's just the guy is just. It is, and, and, here's, just here's some, where... and he doesn't get the credit. I mean, it's amazing to say he still people still don't give him enough credit. But the sustained greatness that he has. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just interested. I mean, Kobe, of course, stayed on top long, but it took him a couple of years before he yeah. became Kobe. Right. But uh, And Kareem at the end was, you know, you could see the fall off in his last two years. Mm-hmm. But LeBron, I, do you see any fall off in him, Larry? Gordon, no, do I, I don't see any fall off, but I will say this, Richard, and thanks for yeah. the phone call. It's going to be interesting because, Gordon, when you figure, it's got to catch up with him eventually. What did he go through, eight consecutive finals? Yeah, you know, and then and and most of them were seven game series. Well, the one thing you you see in the in the change is that he is not as durable. He used to yes. be made of titanium, t- yeah. titanium. I mean, he used to you know get hit and get fouled and fall to the court and bounce right back up, and he would never miss anything. So um, that is not the same. But oh, he's starting you know, to get he's injured. He's years old. Games. Yeah, no, I mean yeah. he's he's still great. There's years. no question about that. Yeah, no, I mean. At a time when, Gordon, you would have thought that long 20-year careers, not a lot in the NBA. You wouldn't think it would be. But remember, he started, came in right out of high school. Right so away. was great work right away. Right away. Has been great the entire time. Yeah. The face of the league from the moment he walked out the door mm-hmm. of high school. Face yeah. of the NBA. A lot of pressure doing that. A lot of pressure. And, and usually does not work. I mean, think about all the, the people that – I mean, usually when you're you're hyped up to the level of that, yep, it almost is – it's it's a guaranteed failure. Yeah. But he no is the exception to the rule. No, he is. He's had a great career. Not, hasn't been lucky. You know, things have worked out. He didn't win as many championships as many thought he would have. But he's – listen, he's going down as one of the greats, Gordon. He's going – listen, he's going down as – it's either him or Jordan. In right. most people's if, eyes. If, if the Kareem worst you are is number two, that's a pretty yeah. good place to be. It's, it's a great place. It's not bad. Not bad. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Time to head to the ballparks on ESPN New York Tonight. We begin in Cleveland where the Yankees faced the Guardians, trying to take two of three and continue their undefeated ways of taking series so far this season. Now, earlier, Gordon and I discussed that explanation of the challenge that really wasn't a challenge, but it was treated like a challenge because it was overturned. And the play involved Aaron Hicks in center field. So Aaron Hicks was asked after the game, Gordon, did you expect the Guardians to challenge that play? No, no, I didn't at all. I thought I made the catch, and I thought that as soon as I threw the ball to second that we were, we were out of the inning, and then I saw on the, the replay during, like, while we were running in that, they, you know, that I, that I missed the ball and the ball dropped, and, you know, I think it's, it's – I thought the play was done, and, you know, the inning was over. All right, so that's Aaron Hicks on that play. Gordon, he didn't know he the ball – Yeah, I, I don't – I don't know if he doesn't want to like call out the umpire, or he's just saying what he thinks he has to say there. How do you not know you didn't catch? You the know ball? you didn't catch it. Stop. Yeah, stop. This is terrible. Clark Smith was your starter today, Gordon. Four innings, six hits, three runs, all earned. Uh, three strikeouts, seventy-two pitches, fifty-one for strikes. His ERA ew, about eight point four plus. And so after the game, he was asked about well his outing today. For the most part, other than the Rosario AB, um, I felt like that was, you know, had a really good point today with as far as execution stuff, throwing a lot of strikes, being on the attack. You know, I, I think it was a really good step in the right direction. I'm really happy with kind of, obviously, we got the win and the series win, so it, it makes it feel a lot better, but really happy with that one. All right, Clark, four innings. So how do you make sure you can go a little deeper and give that bullpen some rest? Some of those long ABs, trying to eliminate those. You know, I, I felt like we had a few in there where we were kind of fouling off some pitches and kind of staying away from the middle part of the plate. And so just do a better job when we get two strikes, not try to chase that strike out, especially with teams like this. Teams that, you know, dink and kind of put the ball in play and, and make sure that they're not going to strike out. So doing a better job, just continuing to attack guys and, and, and learn from, from what we did. And But this is definitely a step in the right direction, so we're happy with it. 
Listen, he didn't give you length, but Gordon, he kept you in the game, so you were able to find ways to get around him. And, and listen, he, he did a better job than Domingo Herman did, that's for sure. Yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, the Guardians are not exactly a team with a lot of pop, so uh, you can, you know, dink and dunk to death, but that's kind of what they do. I did not look at today as some uh, some step in the, a major step in the right direction. Uh, four innings, he gave up a bunch of hits. Never really felt like he had a clean inning at any point. So, um, but he's he's what you got right now. So to, to me, he just looks like he's he can when he moves to the bullpen at some point, he'll be dominant mm-hmm. or could be dominant. Uh, I just don't see him as a starter. Yeah, doesn't have enough pitches, Gordon. No. And doesn't have command of the ones he has. <laughs> the fastball uh, command is, is not is not great. Right. Yankees return home to have a weekend series with their favorite team, the Minnesota Twins. Johnny Brito, Gordon, yeah. will get to start tomorrow night. 7.05 at the stadium. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. I mean, he's I been really sharp so far. He's been outstanding. He's been outstanding. Let's head now to City Field where the Mets... Took two of three from the San Diego Padres by the score of 5-2. Nice job, as we mentioned earlier, by uh, Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor adding some pop to that lineup. Buck Showalter says, you know what? This bullpen's been pretty, pretty good. You know, Otto and John Curtis and Smitty and, and Rayleigh, they, you know, we had a meeting right before the season started with all of them about just that. I think there's a trust that we're going to try to put them in the situations that best suit their skills, and sometimes it, it doesn't happen. You know, Otto's trying to attack left-hand hitters better, and um, Robbie gives us a left-handed look there, but I don't know. You know, you can't use them that way every every time. You can't. You know, we're going to do everything to keep our people healthy down there. Everybody had a day off, and they get another day off tomorrow we attack the game differently today because we had an off day tomorrow all right so that's buck show walter uh david robertson came on was excellent again one and one thirds inning allowed just two hits a couple of strikeouts 27 pitches 21 for strikes he has yet to allow an earned run this season and he was asked are you happy with the way you're being used I've adapted to it over the last probably five or six years. When I got traded back to New York from Chicago, I kind of had to jump back in that role, throwing whenever. And it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I feel like the game's changed a lot, and a lot of times managers are using guys in different situations. It's all depending on leverage or matchup or who they want to see you face against. So, I mean, for me, I just kind of look at the game as that's how my role is now is to pitch whenever I'm called on. Uh, Here, Gordon, David Robertson talks about the adjustments he's had to make to keep being successful as he's aged. Yeah, I'm getting a little older. I've played through some, some some tough seasons, and then you know had that big big injury a few years back. But I've managed to work my way back to the big leagues, and I still think I have good enough stuff to pitch here. So I'm going to continue to play as long as uh, as long as there's an opportunity for me, and my wife's happy with me letting me play. So <laughs> it's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. Yep, absolutely. Gordon, you remember him when he first came up over there with the Yankees, learning that cutter from the great Mariano. He's had a very good career. Very good. Uh, he's 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 kind of been good everywhere that he's gone, and he's gone a bunch of places, right? He left the Yankees. He got that big deal with the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was good for them. It was good for for Philly for that one. Uh, was it last? Did he? I think he went back to Philly. Maybe he wasn't good at Philly for. Uh, I can't remember, but he bounced around a bunch of places. I think he was in Tampa Bay for a little while, Chicago yep. for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. Um, no, he's been a lot of places and, and still getting it done. I, I don't think he will be the Met closer when we get into the deep heart part of the season, but he is, um, he, he's got to be it right now. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't it today, but uh, he's got to be a, a really important part of that Met bullpen. Well, he's the let's get the important part of the lineup out guy Absolutely, right now. as it should be. Yeah. yeah, he's got the experience. Tyler McGill got the starter. Got the start, rather. Five innings, three hits, two earned runs, three strikeouts, 81 pitches, 44 for strikes, 2.25 ERA. For him, Gordon, it was the first inning when he gave up the two runs, so he says overcoming that first inning was key. First inning was a little slow for me, I guess, like mechanically, you know, I felt a little off. Kind of just figured, you know, start picking the tempo up a little bit. That and I was a little north-south after that before I was getting a little low with my front side and wasn't able to, like, truly get behind the ball and spin it up. I mean, after that, second inning was still, you know, a little iffy. And then third third and third through the fifth, you know, I found my change up and let that ride throughout the rest of the start. And, you know, it helped me a lot getting ahead of those lefties. 
and you know just implying ground balls and whatnot so you know threw some sliders in there you know when, when i needed them and you know got outs gordon pete alonzo has been very good he's been on the tear with the home runs six to lead the majors and he was asked what's the Mets ceiling with this offense well, I feel like our, our potential is through the roof. I mean, like you said, it's still early, but um, I feel like once we kind of get all clicking and kind of having some momentum built up a little bit, I feel like this is a this could be a really good start for us and a really good test uh, with the West Coast trip. But uh, once we get our momentum going, I feel like that this we're going to be an even more scary ball club. I mean, we have a really deep lineup. We put together really tough at-bats, uh, long at-bats. Yeah, I, I think that we have a chance to really get rolling here. Yeah, you know what? Very quietly, Gordon, Jeff McNeil has done a very nice job, and Brandon Nimmo as well, of just making contact and, and hitting for, I don't know their averages in front, I don't have them in front of me, but just they just seem to be hitting the ball well, and they're always on base. Well, that's that, that's the appeal of them, right? I mean, the Mets do it in a little bit of a different way, and I do think that, and I think you do too, that they're going to have to add that thumper at some point, but, you know, the baseball has, has certainly changed a little bit this year, where you see teams stealing a lot more bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the run totals are up. Uh, I've been looking at the uh, the games. People are betting the overs and hitting at a uh, unusually large rate this year. So, um, you know, the fact that you have guys on, that's that's uh, essential. Uh, and those are the guys that kind of can be the table setters. Yeah, absolutely. McNeil hitting 250 and Nimmo hitting 243. But once again, Gordon, it's a little early. We'll Nimmo is so much play. about the walks. I mean, yeah. he. I mean, he's constantly on base with the walk. He, always. He's always been an elite on-base percentage guy. Definitely, definitely. Before we leave our audio segment tonight, Gordon, let's hear from Edwin Diaz. Mm-hmm. Edwin oh. Diaz says, Gordon, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I, we are working hard to see if we can I come back as soon as possible, but... Everything is going in the right direction right now with the team, and the doctors say I'm doing great, so I'm really happy. They want me to to get ready, from get better my knee first, and then they will see how I'm responding in my strength, all these things I have to do when I start throwing, all those things. If the test coming back good, I, I might throw this year. So wait a minute. Edwin, you're saying there's a chance you could be back in eight months? Yeah, um, as, if we could keep doing what we're doing right now, um, Everything the trainer are working hard, working hard. Uh, if they need, we keep responding on the testing because then I have to start running. I have to get in the mound. I have to start drawing. If that everything go well, I think I can be back soon than than a month. Gordon, can I be honest with you? As yeah. bad as I want him, I would not rush him back this season. It's just me. Just I wouldn't me. rush him back, but I mean, it's a nice. I mean, could you imagine the boost that that would be? If the Mets are, you know, uh, competing for a division title and, and looking at the playoffs, that you know that you're going to have that guy, that weapon coming back. I don't think the Mets, you know, they're signed up to him long term, so they have to think long term. It can't be about this year, but boy, oh boy, if they could ever get him back this year, it would be it's certainly tempting. I'll say that. It is tempting, but I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to rush him back. I got you. I'm not trying to rush him back. But, yeah, if I can get him back and he's, you know, gives me an opportunity, of course, I'll take him. <laughs> but, but I'm just you know, you know me, Gordon is a fan. You know me. Yeah. I'm just I'm, I'm and, very and you can't count on him either, right? You you right. can't think, oh, we're definitely going to get him back. It would be a huge bonus. And and think about what a I mean, oh. there's, there's very few as dominating players in baseball as he is in that role. That would be a huge plus. This is ESPN New York tonight.